0: Welcome to the P.A. Sprint Series podcast, where we talk about race saver sprint cars and showcase the drivers, teams, and history of the most competitive sprint car series in the country. I'm Stephanie Dodson, former driver and current announcer for the series, and I'm joined by Rod Ort, Regional Director. Coming up on this show, we'll talk with our guests, Randy Sterling, driver out of Morristown, Pennsylvania, and Dave Ort, our tech inspector. While Sprint Car Racing has been on standby in the state, both guests on the show represent Pennsylvania well when traveling to other saver regions in the U.S. All right, welcome to the show. Rod, it's Saturday, May 23rd, and things are changing day by day with this COVID crisis. What um, suggestions do you have for drivers and teams?
1: Well, at this point, just keep an eye on the team section of our webpage. We'll try and uh, update teams on Facebook or whatever to to jump over there and look. I'm getting texts this morning; things are changing, you know, right down to the minute.
0: And that's good news. And how should yeah? I think teams... we'll
1: be racing soon. I really do.
0: That's awesome. How should teams get in contact with us specifically in regards to this podcast?
1: we uh, set up an email podcast at p a sprint um we've heard from a lot of teams uh, good feedback and some suggestions on on the first episode um we also have uh some guests line up in, including jake waters um might even get jake involved doing some uh some interviews hopefully and um the legendary Ryan Lynn, who's been with the series forever has already said that uh he'd take part later if we get a whole bunch of uh interested listeners that want to participate
0: well that sounds cool i'm sure people would like to hear from um, other people instead of um, the usuals of you and me all the time rod so it'd be nice to have jake waters join us and it's always great to check in with drivers who've been a part of the series for such a long time like ryan lynn has um and, and so, you know, I think they'll enjoy hearing from our two uh, race saver personalities in this episode.
1: Yeah, I think uh, again, we we want to we want to reach out. We want to see. Uh, we've got some real good guests today, and and I, and I, it's hard to beat uh, the Randy Sterling interview that's coming up. But um, there's a lot of other stories out there, and we want to hear from from everybody, and uh, try to get those lined up for future episodes.
0: Okay, we are here with driver interview number two. It is Randy Sterling, driver of the Double Zero. He's been running with the Pennsylvania Sprint Series and other neighboring series for a couple years now. Randy, welcome to the show.
2: Hey, thanks for having me, Stephanie.
0: Randy, you popped up um, in our last conversation in the first podcast because um, we talked about some local drivers heading out to the Midwest in Missouri. Do you want to tell us about your experience out there?
2: Yeah, uh, luckily Jake, he likes to travel too, and uh, he called me and said there was a race out there, and I'm 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 going stir crazy. I'm up for a race. And I, I I love traveling. I I always tell everybody when I do travel, I I don't care if it rains when we get there, and we get rained out as long as I get to go see a different track. That I, I it's a win situation for me if I if I even get on the property and they send me home. So yeah i like to travel
0: who who is jake that you were talking about
2: jake Demola.
0: oh From... so he's an do you help him out as well i know in the past you've helped out um cowboy and you helped get dylan proctor into the division um is that somebody else you help or just a good friend of yours uh,
1: J- jake is the the regional director for the ast out at allegheny sprint tour so
2: yeah i do i i helped him out last year his his toter home blew up and i let him borrow one of my semis you know but uh, i help anybody i can so but we're i we're we're pretty good friends but i consider myself good friends with uh, everybody i come in contact with
0: (laughs) i would agree with that um and your love of traveling has that helped you is that what helped you start the trucking company that you have
2: well i was born into this it's like being in the mafia Once you get in it, you don't get out. So I've I've been trucking my whole life. My dad was a truck driver, my grandfather. But uh the the traveling with the race car really came from uh Jeff Taylor. I raced super late models at his racetrack and he just hounded me and hounded me, man, you need to get a sprint car, which from the time I was a little kid, I was gonna be a world outlaws driver, but I figured out real quick that the diapers and food came first. So, but I met Jeff and he sold me a race car and if anybody knows jeff taylor he i don't think he races in the same place twice so when i started racing i just followed him and we had so much fun it wasn't even funny i mean we went everywhere i've i've probably raced with every uh race saver sanction there is out there I've, I've raced with all of them yeah and i that think that's great. that's really. how's jeff doing uh he's doing pretty good i mean uh i gotta call him uh, when we're racing, I got to call him like six times a week to tell him where I'm racing. And every time I call him, he, he forgets what I told him, but, uh, you know, his short-term memory's really bad, but I mean, he's doing really good. So he, he went through a lot, but, but he's still, uh, he's still going to follow the racing and, and go to some race. He's going to Fayetteville. I'm going to, uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina next weekend. And, uh, him and his old crew chief, are going to come down.
0: Is he the guy from New York who used to be a football player?
2: Jersey, yeah, yeah. He oh. used to play for uh, he used to play for the Washington Redskins, but he he bought a track up here, and that's how I met him. He was running, and I was running super late models, and I sponsored a division up there, and then uh, we became good friends. And thank God because uh, he introduced me to Ray Saver, and I just absolutely love it.
0: That's awesome. What are, in addition to there being so many series uh, across the U.S., what else do you like about Race Saver?
2: Uh, well, I'll tell you, there's nothing I don't like about it. I mean, there, there's so many good things. It's uh, it's family. When, when I'm at the racetrack, I go there. I want to I wanna win like everybody else, but that's not the most important thing to me, the experience. I love uh, dirt on my French fries. I love racetrack. They're my people, you know. It's like when you go to a Garth Brooks concert and you feel like you're related to everybody there. Uh, that's how I feel at a racetrack. I, I love dirt track racing and I, I love the sprint cars. It's a different vibe when you're a sprint car. I race late models, super late. So I run down at Charlotte at the world finals. And it's just sprint car racing in general is a different vibe. I mean, what's cool about being. Pennsylvania even though I drive a 305 which is really tough in Pennsylvania because we don't get a lot of respect because we live in Pennsylvania it's 410 360s. but like I go to the chili bowl and I I make friends with everybody I mean I run around the place and as soon as you tell them hey uh, where are you from Pennsylvania what do you what do you do there oh, I run a 305 sprint. I mean they act like you're Steve Kinser. So that part's pretty cool about being from Pennsylvania I mean, and when we go out west like you know it's a big deal to people out west or down south when they see a sprint car because they're not as prevalent down there so they they treat you uh pretty special you know it's pretty cool
1: yeah I, th- I think yeah that and that's kind of what we're trying to do here is move the needle a little bit I mean obviously uh in, in this area the you know the other divisions are pretty popular, but um you know, race savers really coming on, and across the country, it's a sprint car. Um, you know, we're we're are winged winged race cars going around a racetrack, and and I think that the only difference uh, that the fan needs to know is you know is, is that uh, uh, you know we're more economical um, and and more fun.
2: You know? it's, it's, it's about on average, a two second difference, depending, depending on what track you're at, it's about a two second difference, speed wise, time wise, and probably $100,000. So I'll bite the bullet and go two seconds slower if I can keep $100,000 in my pocket to raise my payment. You know what I mean? it, it, It don't matter to me. But like, like, if you go out west and down south, it's, it's totally different. I mean, you almost feel like you're a four ten driver. You feel like you are the show when you go to some of these places because people just love sprint cars and they don't get to see them a lot in different states. You know.
1: Yeah, we we've talked we've talked before about you know you're you're a businessman. Um, you there's probably a lot of things that you could be doing. Obviously, you've you've chosen this, um, but Stephanie touched on you know some of the drivers that you've you've helped out. Uh, including um you know social social media gold uh jim kennedy um you know helping out cowboy getting giving him a chassis he still races his old chassis with me Uh, next time could you do a trade like if you give him a brand new race car um you know like take a take a core you know a core return there or something
2: (laughs) that that that, that, uh, that old one he's got scary i just uh I, I love helping people if I can, you know, I mean, uh, I'd help anybody and everybody. Uh, thank God I don't golf. Thank God <laughs> I, you know, I mean, I just, I feel so fortunate to have a passion. I don't know how people go through life without race cars. I couldn't imagine I'd rather lose an arm or something than to go without race cars, you know? So I like to, I like to help people if I can, you know, there's been a lot of people that helped me because I knew nothing about sprint cars. Jeff helped me, and and uh, I've had some really good people help me, the Seegers. And uh, uh, Ryan Smith, chief Jeremy uh, Bettner helped me out a lot, and we're really starting to to show now. Like last year, we made just about every redraw. Unfortunately, the highest number I ever redrew was an eight, other than that night at Lernerville where I drew a one, which all summer I was telling everybody, including my Krucci father, they put us on the front row. They're not going to catch us, and I drew that one. I'm like, oh boy, I better win this, or I'm gonna look silly. But it's it's been fun. I I'm gonna do this. I don't want to be a hundred years old and getting in people's way. I'll just say that. But I want to race forever.
1: Yeah, I, I I remember the night you won at Lurville. I I don't know why I I tuned in or what I was watching, but it was like. Sterling's leading at Lernerville, right? And uh, I remember uh, texting you and and getting a text back, which was really exciting. I've I've done this a long time, and and there's a lot of lot of dreams that I wish that I had. Um, we'd like to win at Williams Grove. We you know there's different things. Almost won at Heston one year. I've won a couple of races, but um, I'm living through guys like you and friends that that I'm seeing you know, reaching those dreams. And, and that that was a really cool thing that that I was, if not, you know, right there, I was connected that I got to send you a text that night.
2: And what so cool about that win, there was about three or four cautions. And every time there was a caution, Jake would come up by me, Jake Gamola, and pump his fist and carrying on. And I'm laughing. I'm thinking, well, this fool thinks he's winning this race. He was so excited for me. It it was just the funniest thing, man. I mean, he was really genuinely excited for me. Everybody was. Everybody there, and I knew that. I knew that's the way it was going to be when I got to the pits. And the announcer said, uh, you know, the Steel City Stampedes in a couple weeks, do you think you can do it again? I said, no. No, I don't. No. I I said, I'm just happy to have this one. I would like to win one more to prove that it wasn't a fluke. But uh, we're really getting better. I will say this, and that's a quote from Tony Stewart. I hate to steal it from him, but he seems to know what he's talking about. Sprint cars, I've raced street stocks, limited lates, super lates. Sprint cars are the easiest car to drive, but they are the hardest car to be the fastest person in. I mean, you've got to be so, especially in a 305, you've got to be so dead on with your chassis especially with the motor rules. That's what's so awesome about if you do your homework and you really have a good program, anybody, I don't care if you bought a $10,000 car off the internet or if you got a carbon fiber body like mine and you spent $30,000, it doesn't, there's no, there's no difference money wise. Uh, If, if you are a school, if you, if you school yourself on this, Everybody, everybody—it's a really level playing field. The only thing that beats me is guys that are smarter than me and been doing it longer than me, and I'm okay with that. I'll, uh, I'll uh, go up the rungs of the ladder, you know.
0: Randy, it's in, it's interesting that you mentioned that it's you know hard to drive. So you've been out to the Chili Bowl and you you ran a midget there one year, right? Yes. And um, so I came from wingless midgets into the race saver series. And people asked me, well, what's it like difference wise? I said, well, when you step on the gas in the midget, it like jolts you. Whereas Oops. in the 305, you kind of put the pedal down and wait for it. But then you got to keep that momentum up, right. you know, two totally different animals. So, oh. I, yeah, I totally understand what you mean there.
2: I mean, the sprint car to me, I, I was used to wheeling around uh, 25, 2600 six hundred pound super late models with eight, nine hundred horsepower, which you can make mistakes. I mean, you're really you're really manhandling them cars around and you're making them do things that they don't necessarily want to do. A sprint car, you gotta get it to do what it's made to do. And that they drive themselves, but you I mean, you wiggle the steering wheel. I mean, if you're doing any any wiggling at all, I mean it's it's an art. And there's just so much stinking fun, man. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, it's so easy to oversteer too. Oh,
2: yeah. I mean, you know, and I, 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 was forty-seven, I believe, when I when I got in my first sprint car, which is probably kind of crazy. But I, I wish that I would have started in one years ago because I probably, I probably could be halfway decent. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm just happy to be in one now, you know.
0: Absolutely.
1: Well, good, Stephanie. I told you that Randy would be uh, w- would be perfect for this. Um, yeah, this is a lot
0: of fun. I yeah. learned a lot too.
2: Well, listen, I'm a truck driver. We like to talk a lot. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, um, I you know I I just uh, I'm I'm flattered that you did this, and and um, I know that you've you've done a lot. You enjoy this, and and uh, we you know I I certainly wish wish you the best of luck. So, um. You're uh, you're taking off Sunday. You're you're having a service for your mother who passed away.
2: Yeah, yeah, we're gonna go up Sunday and and do the cemetery service because uh, it's pretty cold in this winter, so we wanted to wait till it was nice.
1: Yeah, I and mean, like we discussed earlier, there's um, <laughs> yeah, there's there's a few reasons to miss a race, and obviously. Um, well,
2: that was another thing that was my dad with my mom being in hospice and being so sick towards the end of the year, my dad goes with me everywhere. And he didn't make, he made no races last year, except for the Lernerville race. So it was, it was really a, a special deal that and, and the world outlaws and being on the uh, speed shift TV. I mean, it was like a, you know, I don't think you could have wrote that one any better. I know you guys are going to find this hard to believe, but I've watched a video about 30 or 40,000 times <laughs>
1: uh, it, it, that's that's the kind of moments uh, that we hope that we're making um and that we're putting in front of people doing this podcast
2: uh, yeah i think everybody should have a sprint car i say sell the golf clubs quit hunting uh everybody should be racing man
1: well brother they've had a couple of months of i racing
2: um well that's hey listen i i'm a little bit of a cheater i Speaking of i racing, Christy, uh, Jimmy Sager, which used to run four tens, you know he's a lot younger than me. I don't do all this computer stuff, and he turned me on to i racing. My wife, two or three years ago, bought me i racing. I went out uh, to the neighbors, Dinochik's. I'm kind of in Sprint Car Alley here, and the Noochicks live just down the road, and they had totaled a car out at Mercer. I bring it home, painted it. I told my wife, I said, that sprint car is going in my basement. I have a, I have a beautiful basement. You know, it's all finished with a, a pool table and everything. And I said, Dad, put the sprint car in the basement. She said, no, you're not putting the sprint car in the basement. Well, she went shopping. And when she came home, I will have to send you a picture. I have a full-size sprint car in my basement with three TV monitors, and I do nothing but race. I mean, it's awesome. I run Williams Grove. I run Knoxville. I, I run all over
0: rod you must be jealous of that setup
1: yeah
2: it, new to iRacing.
0: it sounds
1: it sounds good i um i, I have to tell you that i, I did a little bit of iRacing i racing myself i got a decent enough computer to do that obviously but i race with my son who has nothing to do with racing nothing to do with sprint cars uh, i made him get a thir- uh, 305 i made him and, and by the way why do they call him 305 you know why don't they call him race saver um and my son and I made him by Learnerville. Uh, my son and I raced at Learnerville. He, he beat my. He, he beat me um, <laughs> easily. Uh, so it's kind of a reflection on you know what what should I be doing? But um, yeah, pretty interesting.
2: Well, yeah. I got a fourteen-year-old boy that he races. Now we race. I've raced Rico Brew. I've raced Kyle Larson on that. I've raced a lot of the guys. My boy won to race one night with uh, Rico Brew, and so that's his claim to fame.
0: Oh cool.
2: exciting. Yeah. It's still a video game. I mean, I'm trying to hire the neighborhood kids to throw dirt at me while I'm in the basement on it and maybe wiggle the chassis around a little bit. So it's more uh, authentic.
1: Well, well, it'll be realistic when you you hit the wall and it takes 1500 bucks out of your pocket. That's all I can say.
2: The next time you see me racing and I reckon you see me hitting the reset button on the dash, (laughs) and nothing happens. I mean, I love that. You're act you know, you do stuff in the car that you would never do on a racetrack. I mean, I never lift. It don't matter if a guy looks like he's gonna get into me, it's you know, there's nothing to lose. So it's it's not real racing. But it does, it is good for your hand and eye coordination. But boy, if I junked a lot I'd be in a poorhouse. I've junked a lot of stuff on eye racing. Send us a picture of that setup. I will, man. It's awesome. All
0: right, All right well, Randy, we really appreciate you coming on here, and we wish you the best of luck this season. I know you have other plans in store. Uh, I think North Carolina in a couple weeks.
2: Yeah, yeah, wherever there's wherever I might go back out west, depending on what Pennsylvania does. But I'm going to race absolutely as much as I can because my biological racing clock's ticking. You know, I got I got to get them in. You know.
1: We'll get we'll get you something back here as as soon as we can, if nothing else, so we can uh, see you. And I I'd love to meet your dad.
2: Yeah. Yep, we can do that. Great.
0: All right. Well, thanks a lot, Randy.
2: Yep. Thanks, guys.
0: Right, we are here with Dave Ort, our tech inspector. Although I'm not quite sure if that's uh, our official title or his official title. Um, Dave, what do you like to refer to yourself as?
3: Well, tech inspector works good. Uh, I just, uh, as a general, overall uh, race fan, and. The tech part just came because someone needed to do the job.
0: Well, and you do a lot of it. How many engines do you think you've teched this season so far?
3: Uh, I'm not even sure. Uh, I'm going to say since November, probably around 30.
0: Wow. I know um, even not just in Pennsylvania, but other series uh, know your name and face well. Uh, In the past couple of years, you've been making the trip out to the IMCA Race Saver Nationals, and you play a large role in their tech out there. What is that like?
3: Uh, That's really neat out there. The nice thing is they bring in so many tech guys from all over the country, and we compare on how we're doing the tech. So that everybody's on the same page.
1: Very and I, nice. think, I think I think um, Dave is really well regarded um, by Roger Hayden, certainly here in the on the East Coast. But it's it's really neat to be able to get together with um, tech people from other regions just to see you know what kind of challenges they have and the different things techniques. Tools, all that stuff.
0: Other listeners, uh, Rod and Dave might not know uh, the name Roger Hayden like we do. Do you want to explain Roger Hayden's title?
3: Well, Roger Hayden is kind of uh, well, he is actually the owner of the Race Saver label brand. And what he does is well, it's not just him, it's his family. Uh, that do it, is keep track of all the information on all the race Saver motors that are across the country. Whenever someone's motor is teched, they actually have seals that have numbers on them, and all the motors have serial numbers on them, so that at any time, any motor can be checked to see what the original, uh, Components are inside of the motor.
1: Yeah, that's the that's the purpose of the the hard card setup. Every you know, whenever they send the tech sheets in, you know, we send those tech sheets in, and uh, it's all recorded and uh, tracked back through that hard card, so you know who owns it, who inspected it, who built it, all the details. Um, should there ever be a problem or a question? Um, they can reach out through that channel to, to ultimately um, discuss that with, you know, if it's an engine builder, if it's a certain tech person or whatever. Um, and, and a lot of times Dave has been called in to um, kind of uh, referee some of those situations here in the East Coast, obviously, due to travel um, because Dave's participating out in the nationals Roger, Roger can trust that he's seen, you know, what they're cross-referencing and that type of stuff.
0: Well, especially because we have some of the largest car counts um, in the Pennsylvania Sprint Series. Dave, I think you have a lot of experience just from within this area. You see a lot of engines come through as well. Um, what are some of the biggest mistakes you would say that teams make when they come to tech?
3: Uh well, it's not really a mistake, but a lot of times it's just a lack of knowledge. Uh, they don't have all their parts with them. Is That's going to be the biggest issue that I see. Uh, and some other stuff that they have problems with is they buy components and actually never take their full measurements of everything. And they go, well, this part says it's supposed to be this and it's not central Pennsylvania that
0: I was going to ask you at our meeting uh that we had at the racing extravaganza you also highly highlighted um some other rules that might not be engine rules um that teams are not necessarily aware of do you want to go over some of them
3: yeah, so some simple rules that race Saver has. They're not allowed titanium on certain rotating parts. Uh, that's one of the ones that gets missed a lot. Uh, on Raceaver Saver also has a front wing placement that you know it can be so far front, and that's a very very common issue at the beginning of the season to find a lot of guys that don't have that correct.
1: Yeah. They're hanging them out, out there in the front, um, and there's actually a, a limit of how far that, that front wing can go out there. It's not a big deal, but I actually – I think we tear up less front wings by not having them hang out so far over the front. It's, you know what I mean? It's, it's kind wow. of a common sense rule as far as the placement on that, but it, it, if you get the wrong post, you just bolt it up there, it, it, can, be, uh, it can be too far front and uh, the titanium thing obviously a lot of our racers are buying used parts so they'll they'll buy uh you know a rotor uh, assembly or something that has titanium bolts and never even know it um and uh not think too much about it but if it's part of that rotating assembly um it's uh it's a you know a a black mark something's got to be replaced um to, to be uh in conform with the rules
0: yeah, I think we even got flagged one time because the in our wheel it was a used wheel. We didn't even realize that it had titanium in the inner bolts.
1: Well, that happened to me out at the nationals. Uh, we had a used wheel, uh, and I, you know, we were rolling through tech, and they're like, "I'm like, well, it's not, you know, it's not bigger than this diameter," and they're like, "Well, it's it's in a part," and I and I think the next year, um, I i and dave worked closely with uh roger and french and i said you know we, we got to make that clear um i think one of the statements i love from statement or from french was you know he would always say the only thing in, in uh, changes in the rules is exactly what no means <laughs> um because you'll say no you know no this or no that And then you have to go into great detail to say (laughs) what that is.
0: Exactly. So, Dave, I know on race night, you're busy, though, well before, you know, well before tech. What are some other things that you do at the track?
3: Well, usually before the races start, I try to get around as many teams as I possibly can to just do a general overview of the cars. Because I'd rather find something before they race than after they race and have a good night and make it into a bad night. That's the best explanation I can have on
1: that. Yeah, that, and that, I, think that's a, I think that's a very good point to make is, um, you know, do, do it up front, keep it fun.
3: And the nice thing is with our group that we have, everybody seems so family oriented and friendly. I stop by and talk with as many teams as I possibly can and it's try to keep it on that family level I know that guys take it super serious they're racing but on the other hand they've got to remember have fun
1: yeah yeah, so. yeah that's, that's, a, that's a good message especially coming from the tech guy you know um, don't don't get too full of yourself we're just having fun here
3: yeah
0: I know Dave, you always helped break the ice at my trailer because um, you know Dad is very much focused, and having a a new face that's not part of the team come up in chat always helps him you know get over his racing edge.,
1: hey, I wanted to point out something else. A lot of people say uh, uh, Dave is my brother, um he's my cousin. <laughs> They'll say, <laughs> they'll say well your brother said this and no my brother didn't say that
3: yes, yes. one of the other things that I try to help out during the races is kind of coordinate between the track officials and our guys uh, I do not want the show being held up because we're not ready to be on the track you know, uh, when it's time for our heat races, I'll go around, tell all the guys in the first heat race, hey, we're up next, let's go, you know, keep so, that goes a long way.
0: It does, I think the tracks really appreciate that, too, Um, you know, because we're not, we're a visiting series, you know, we're a a guest there, and so um, it's so important that we, you know, respect their time and their procedures. Cool.
1: Yeah, we, we have to, you know, we we're a guest everywhere we go. And, and, um, I think, I think we work really well, especially with our tracks and, and Dave's, uh, Dave's part of that as a push truck when, when, uh, when we're not racing a lot of times he's helping out and he has a tow truck and he helps out at Williams Grove. And, um, he's you know with the razor a lot of times uh, open nights Dave's always somewhere pushing um Dave you're uh you're headed down south next week yes
3: uh it all started out as a joke with the Carolina series they were trying to get some of our PA guys to go down the race and as I messaged different people we kept getting more and more and more and then I uh got the message. I said, hey, how about you coming down? And I said, oh, I'll think about it. And they said, then afterward that uh, came out that their normal guy that used to go to the track to do tech was not available. So they went down there to be their tech guy. So, and you know, it's going to be a pretty good size show. I think they're close to 60 cars right now registered. So, and we'll have a good showing from our area from a few drivers
0: yeah absolutely there's a a lot of cars from this
1: area yeah hopefully um you know i i think about that and i hope i hope that our guys go down there and 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 do well but i think my greatest concern there is that um they you know that you talk about that family and kind of fun atmosphere hopefully hopefully they they carry that with them i think that the the carolina group is much the same way um you know there's no no need for any uh Uh, you know showboating here i think that um uh you know have a fun weekend especially with the opportunity to race when we don't have it you know
3: yes a few of them guys have come from the south up and raced with us so i got to know a couple of the guys uh it'll be nice to go down to their their home territory and see how things are done uh I guess they don't have quite as many races down there as what we do. And the last two weeks they constantly ask, well, how do you guys do this or that? So they're trying their best to have a well-prepared show to do, you know, nice to make it uh, a good deal so that the track will have them back more often.
1: Yeah. I think, I think they'll really be impressed. And, um, you know, maybe maybe th- our maybe our guys will you know take a couple of trips down there. Other times, I uh, uh, you know we've discussed before. As long as they're running Race saver, we don't care where these guys go. Um, and um, you know, if they're well received down there, maybe you know maybe they can make a vacation out of it. Other times, things kind of get more, more to normal. And I and I certainly hope that uh, the, the Carolina guys uh, that group down there feels welcome to, to come back up here. We have some of these interregional races and stuff. Um, come to Pennsylvania.
3: Yes. Uh, something else that I've noticed lately, and seeing more and more. With Central PA having so many motor builders, a lot of the motors that I'm building are actually being uh, shipped out of the area i I've got motors that are out uh, South Dakota, uh, Florida, all over the place. That motors that I tech, so a lot of the motors are being built in that area and being shipped around different uh, regions.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think I think they um, the, the the program here has just from the, the competition and kind of the, the central PA, you know, Randy Sterling talked to us a little bit about how, uh, how well respected just the central PA area is and you know, the level of competition and, and uh, improvement with the engine builders, the different things that they've done over the years within the rules um, to, to raise the bar uh, you know, a lot of the country looks to this area if they want to, you know, if they're making that investment to get something that they feel would be competitive in their region. So we wish you luck uh, there next week. I, I hope you, uh hope you behave yourself. Um, we, we're still hoping to, we're still hoping to pull something together around here. We haven't, we haven't registered. I think registration's closed at this point. Um, you know, We don't know yet if anything is going to be happening soon, but uh, uh, we wish you luck down there. Thanks.
0: Yeah, we're looking forward to hearing, to hearing how it all went.
3: Yeah, I think from the sounds of it so far, Uh, with communication between the track owner and the series down there, uh, they've asked a lot of really, really good questions. So, uh, and I'm trying to implement some of the things that we do here that we know is a a proven method that works nice. So hopefully we'll have a good show. All
1: right.
0: That'd be great. Well, thanks for your time, Dave. I appreciate you spending time and giving us, um, some tech tips. You're welcome. All right. We'll talk to you later.
1: We encourage fans to get out and support your local race saver series or track at an IMCA sanctioned event. Race saver is the most competitive sprint car series in the country. And don't just look for what a race pays to win because after all, you can't control spending in racing. So why reward it? Find out more about the series at PASprintSeries.com and check out the info section to learn more about our commitment to a fair purse structure and how to advertise with the series. You can also find us on Facebook and on Twitter at PASprintSeries. If you'd like to visit PAS from another region, visit our site to register and get information. I'm Rod Ort. And on behalf of Stephanie Dodson, we'd like to thank Randy Sterling and my cousin Dave Ort for coming out and participating in the podcast today. We look forward to seeing you at the races soon. Thanks for letting us come out to play.